Welcome to True Story, the public relations podcast, a space where we get a peek behind the scenes of brands and businesses that have a real story to tell. Because in today's world, we are done with perfect and fake. We want to support brands that aren't afraid to show their true colors. I'm your host, Whitney Lee, the founder of True Story PR, an agency focused on helping businesses show up authentically through their social media, PR, and more. We pride ourselves on always keeping it real. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everyone. I hope you're having a great week. I'm going to hop on today for a solo episode. I feel like this is a hot topic. It is everywhere I look, and we're going to talk about podcasts. So podcasts are obviously super, super hot right now in a lot of different industries and genres. It's almost like new radio. I mean, does anybody out there even listen to radio anymore? I I know that we when we have clients that are trying to reach like affluent clientele, we don't use traditional radio at all. Sometimes we'll do stuff with Sirius, but honestly, like podcasts are such a good way to get exposure. And honestly, like I count podcasts as a form of editorial coverage, you know, because obviously that today's episode is about pitching yourself, or maybe you're here to think about like pitching your boss or your client or something like that. Um, But pitching yourself to earn a spot, a free interview uh, is definitely a form of earned media. So, you know, podcast pitching is a big part of what we do when it's the right situation for the right client. And we're going to talk about that today. So in general, I get so many podcast pitches. And then sometimes I see really, really good ones. And I'm like, okay, like, maybe that person's even not a fit for me. But still, I like look at the pitch. And I'm like, that was written really, really well. Like, they did a good job of selling me on that person. You know, even if it's not a fit, like, I'm like, to congrats on your bomb pitch. Okay. So today we're going to talk about, like I said, if you're trying to get interviews, first of all, I think you need to ask yourself, like, why is this beneficial to me? Like, what's the point? What am I going to be talking about? You really need to, and that probably needs to be a whole other episode. So, but where we're going to start in this episode is like, you have a good topic. Maybe you're an expert, your boss is an expert, your client is an expert at something, and you have a good topic or you're pretty clear on what they're going to speak about. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and start from that point, but stay tuned. Maybe I'll do an episode before if you need like inspiration on, uh, what you could speak on. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on that. So first we're going to talk about before you even start reaching out or anything like that, I want you to do some prep work. Okay. So I've got kind of three points here to think about. So First of all, you need to find podcasts that fit your niche and speak to your audience. Really, the most important part of this point is that they speak to your audience. But like, think about it. Um, Am I going to go on a podcast that talks about like um, tattooing? I, I don't really know what I would say about tattooing. Maybe I could like tie it into like personal brand and and. And, but again, like, why would I be on a tattoo podcast? I don't know. I'm a, I'm a PR and marketing expert. Like, again, if there's some way you can loop into the topic, okay. But like, at that point, you're just reaching. And if you're really reaching, it's probably not a freaking fit, right? 
So you've got to find somebody that fits to your niche. So for me, I go on a lot of marketing and PR podcasts because duh, that's what I know best. I also go on a lot of like hospitality based podcasts, hotel industry, travel industry. I go on those because I've worked in the industry for like, I don't even know. I don't want to say how many years, but anyway, I go on hospitality podcasts um, because I, that's something that I know well. And I speak about marketing and PR for that industry, right? So you kind of got to find a good um, fit for you, first of all, and make sure that they speak to your audience. Also, like, you know, for me, like my audience, a lot of my audience are is business owners, right? People who need help with their marketing and PR, or another one of my audiences is like people who are starting their own agency. Um, I don't really put this out there much, but I've done some coaching in the past for people who are starting agencies. Maybe they are solopreneurs uh, and they don't really see themselves as an agency yet, but they're trying to grow into that. Or usually what it is, is like a freelancer that's running out of time and it's like, oh my God, how do I grow this? And like growing a team, they're even scared to say like, I want to start an agency. So those are kind of my two audiences, right? People who own businesses and people who like people who own businesses that need our help or advice. And then also people who are trying to start an agency. So really think about who your audience is and find podcasts that speak to those people and those industries. The more specific, the better. Um, I'm a part of Brand Builders Group. I talk about this all the time. I love BBG. It's been a great investment. Um, and AJ Vaden is uh, the co-founder. She's so awesome. And one of her sayings is always more specific, more terrific. When you get really specific and someone hears you speak on that podcast, they're like, oh my God, you're speaking directly to me. And that's when it actually moves the needle and they start to follow you or they reach out to you for your services or whatever the case may be. So the more specific, the more terrific. Thank you, AJ. I'm going to totally use that little line and I'm always going to credit you. Um, I also, speaking of BBG, this is a great example for this. So um, they do these events quarterly and I went to one in August and uh, we break down into little groups and each business owner or entrepreneur is talking about like they have one ask, right? This is something I need right now for my business. I'm looking to, you know, for me, I was like, I'm looking to get on more stages that speak to small business owners. Perfect. You know, like associations and groups and things like that. So that was my ask. This one woman um, at the table, I can't remember what she did. I can't remember what her business was, but she was trying to, her, her main audience was women ages 50 or 55 plus. And her ask was she wanted to get on podcasts. Okay, so naturally I'm a marketing PR person, right? So I ask her, I'm like, hey, a little bit of clarity question. Like, what makes you want to be on podcasts? And she's like, well, I want to reach more people. And I'm like, I totally get that. Um, but if your audience is women ages 50 or 55 plus, that's not a big audience on podcasts. Those women are hanging out on Facebook. I tell you that right now. And I just know that type of demographic crap because obviously I work in the industry where we're like specifically trying, we know the demos of each social media platform. I'm like, hey, homegirl, just to like throw you a bone here. Most from, from all everything I read, from all the stats I look at, like boomers are not really listening to podcasts very much. They they're, they're like reading books, you know, and they're playing on freaking Facebook. So I told her, I'm like, 
not trying to poo-poo on your request by any means, but like if you're looking for those women, you're fishing in the wrong pond with podcasts. So really think about it. Like, are your people even listening to podcasts? You know, and just to, again, I hate giving blanket advice on a podcast, but I'm going to throw this out there. Not a lot of boomers are listening to podcasts. So if you and your business are trying to reach boomers, that's not the place for it. So anyway, that's the first point underneath the prep work we're doing. So first point is find podcasts that fit your niche and speak to your audience. So you can honestly just go into the platforms and start searching by topic, searching by, um, oh, I I don't want to like give away one of the other points. We'll keep going, but get into those platforms, search for your topics, um, look and see, or even ask your audience, like, what are your favorite podcasts? It'd be interesting to hear what they, um, what they say. So that's point one underneath prep work. Point two is look for something on your level. Okay. So, um, uh, this sounds so bad, but I'm just going to hit you with the truth. Y'all know I'm pretty blunt. Um, if you don't have a big social following yet, see how I say the word yet. If you don't have a big social following yet, that's fine. But I'm going to go ahead and say like you probably shouldn't be reaching out to like Joe Rogan to get on his podcast because you're not at that level yet, right? So he gets millions and millions of listeners. And when you are an interviewee, they're expecting you to promote the episode as well. So when they look at you and they see like, "Mm, you got 400 followers, like you don't have, it's not an equal exchange is what I'm trying to say. Like Joe Rogan's promotional power is far higher than you are. What are you bringing to the table? It needs to be very um, somewhat equal of what you're bringing to the table in regards to promotional power and what they're bringing to the table. So, you know, even sometimes I look at the host, I see who the host is. I go to their social pages and see what kind of following they have to see if I'm somewhat on their level. Because again, like, you know, Joe Rogan's probably not going to interview Whitney Lee yet. I don't have that level of promotional power. So make sure you're like going after a podcast that is on your level, because that is an expectation of when you're a guest on this podcast, you're going to promote this to your audience. But just keep in mind, like, and you can even probably write this in the pitch too, like promotional audience doesn't have to just be social media. Promotional audience can also be your email list, your text list, your whatever. Maybe you have a membership and you've got 800 women in your membership. That's an audience as well. So don't just look at social. I'm saying this, but I get so freaking annoyed by it. Like as ugly as it is, it's true. When you reach out to somebody and say, hey, um, I want to be on your podcast. We're not, we're not going to say it that way. We'll talk about that later. But long and short of it, hey, can I be on your podcast? First thing they're going to do is go look at your social media. They are. They're going to go look and see how many followers you have. And if you're not on their level or higher, then they're just like, meh. And it sucks, but it's the honest to God truth. You know, um, one time we did a podcast tour for somebody who was sincerely a great expert in their in their field. And my goal is like, oh, I can easily, easily get this person on like 10 podcasts. Easy. Like they really know their stuff and had and we had a really dynamic pitch, but the person had um, their social platforms uh, hacked. 
like a year before or months before or something like that. And they had completely started over. And so they had kind of a lower following count. And it was really challenging to get people to have them on their podcast. And I knew it. I knew it was because of that low social media following. So maybe this is for a whole other episode, but it just goes to show to you that like social media following really doesn't mean crap, but it is, but perception is reality, y'all. And what sucks is that some people do buy their followers. It is 100% a thing, but perception is reality. I will say this, if you go out and buy your followers and then you try to do collabs with people and your engagement level sucks, they're going to know. They're going to know. It's like that reel on Instagram, you know, where it's like, they're not going to know. They're like, they're going to know. They're not going to know. They're going to know. They're going to know. We see through that in two seconds. We look at your history. We look at your engagement levels. If you have 400,000 followers and you get eight likes on a photo, come on, y'all. That's not legit. Okay. So anyway, I start spiraling. Point two is look for something on your level. Okay. Point three in your prep work, before you even start reaching out, I want you to look at timing. Timing. When is this topic appropriate? Okay, so if you have a book launch coming out, maybe you should plan these podcasts to happen like right before or right after your book launches. So it's timely, right? Don't go on a podcast and say, oh, my book's going to be ready in, uh, I don't know, like six months, something like that. Dude, you just lost an opportunity. I've had people that reach out and we actually reschedule their interview because their book is delayed or whatever. I'm cool with that. I want it to be good timing for them and good timing for us too. So really look at timing and not just your timing of what you have going on. Yes, that's a good place to start, but also look at the timing of your audience. And this goes back to, I preach this all the time on the podcast. If you really know your audience and you know who they are and you know what their lifestyle is like and all those good things, you will know good times and bad times to offer them things and launch things and whatnot. So let me give you an example. I feel like everything comes to life when you do examples. If your audience is mothers and you're talking, let's say you're offering them something like join a book club um, and it's summertime. Okay, let's let's think logically here about moms. I, we have clients that's, that target moms also. I'm a 37-year-old woman. Every single one of my friends is a mom. Okay, so... I kind of know that mom world a little bit, not firsthand, but I I know my friends and their lives and whatnot. So if you're asking them to join a book club during summer, that's a terrible time. That's a terrible time. You know why? Because their kids are out of school and their balls to the wall. They are so busy and they're overwhelmed. They have, they're trying to juggle their job or their other commitments and they don't have childcare. So them committing to something or joining something during the summer, terrible idea. That's why, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, maybe I'm just a nerd and I pay attention to stuff like this, but that's why in September you see so much being targeted towards moms to get involved and do this and join that and whatever is because that moms in September have this immediate like, oh, moment where their kids are back in school Monday through Friday, they can make things happen or they can work peacefully if they work from home. So think about that. Okay. So look at the timing of what you got going on and what your audience has going on. All right. So that's the main point about 
prep work. Okay. So now this is probably the most important point. Uh, the most important part. Okay. This is all about writing the pitch. The pitch really does determine whether or not you're getting on, but it, it, a lot of it goes back to the first three points that I just talked about. If you're good in alignment with those three points, if you have thought that through appropriately and you write a crappy pitch, you're still probably not going to get on. You've got to look at those three factors we just talked about and then write a bomb pitch and and that is your best chance of getting selected unless you know somebody connected to the person. Uh, that Obviously, we could scrap this whole episode and say, if you have a personal connection and they can recommend you, well, duh, that that absolutely is the fastest way to get on a podcast. But this episode is uh, presuming that you don't have a connection to the host of the podcast. So I actually have a friend, um, shout out to my girl, Barb Betts. She's in uh, SoCal. She's a real estate agent uh, and just like a powerhouse woman. She speaks to people about the power of relationships. Um, definitely check out Barb Betts on Instagram. Holla for my girl. But she has a podcast and she does not accept pitches at all. She only does people off of personal recommendations or people that she knows. So just throwing that out there. Okay, so let's get back to it. Let's talk about writing the pitch and how you can write the best pitch. Okay. So first of all, let me just say this. It needs to be as short as possible. I'm going to tell you what to include, but think of how do I make this as short and succinct as possible and still include all the junk Whitney's about to tell me to include. Okay. Ain't nobody got time to read 16 paragraphs. All right. Don't send me an email. It's got 16. I'm going to straight up delete it. Um, okay. So I already get like 400 emails a day. It's not cool. Um, So make it, everything we talk about, make it as short as possible, right? And also, you're going to hate me when I say this, get ready. Every single pitch needs to be an individual email. Yeah, that's a huge deal. And that is going to determine a lot of times if you get picked up or not. No spray and pray, people. Sorry, I know that's a whole lot easier to just like write a pitch and then blind copy a million people and just send it out, but it doesn't, it might work for a few episodes, honestly. Like you might score one or two, but if you really want to to make this work, can't do the spray and pray. Sorry. So touching on that, this is how we are going to go at it. When you find a podcast, so let's say you've done your research and you found 15 podcasts and you're like, man, all these are great. They all fit my audience. They all fit my niche. I have a perfect topic to talk to them about. Okay, now we ready. What I need you to do is start at the top and go listen to some of those episodes. You don't have to listen like 10, but listen to like two of their actual episodes of that podcast. And that's going to be so important because here we go back to the pitch. When you write this pitch, the first thing you're going to do is call them by their first name. Hi, Whitney. If it just says hi, that I, I immediately know it's a blanket email and it's getting tossed out. Or I just don't feel as guilty for not responding to it. If, if somebody sends me a blanket email and I can tell that I'm like blind copied, I don't feel guilty when I delete it. Now, if somebody sends me an email and says, hey, Whitney, I listened to your podcast recently when you had so-and-so on and I really thought what you guys were talking about with the pitch was so powerful about calling people by name. If they say something that specific to me, I know that they have taken a moment to write that email to me 
And me as a human, I will feel bad if I ignore their email. Even if they're not a good fit for my podcast, if I see that they wrote me a personal email and they specifically mentioned a topic in my podcast so I know that they listened to my podcast, then I will feel like a crap person if I just delete that email and don't at least say something back. Even if they're not a good fit, I'll write them back and say, thank you so much for reaching out. I'm not sure this is a fit for right now. I'll keep you in mind for the future. Or I'll say something, you know what I mean? So go listen to a few episodes, look at their past guests. And then in your email, hi, first name, immediately go in with something about the past podcast. I listened to your recent podcast and was so inspired by what you said about blah, 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 when you had Sally Smith on the show. Okay, something so specific. Then you are going to immediately make it about them and their audience. This is where a lot of people make a mistake. They immediately start to say, my client is an expert in marketing and PR and she has won so many awards and and they immediately start bragging on themselves or their client. Womp, no. The first thing you need to do is say how you are going to support them and benefit them. My client, Sally Smith, has an incredible message for your audience. She has something that she creates just for moms that struggle with blah, 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 da, 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 da. Like immediately the sentence needs to be about, yeah, you can mention your client's name or your name or whoever, but it immediately needs to talk about how they're going to support them and their audience, okay? So make it about them. Like I'm talking like one, maybe two sentences. Um, and then you can say something about like a little bit about Whitney. Whitney is a millennial that founded her agency, blah, blah, blah. She's won this award, this award, this award. Again, that needs to be really, really short. And sometimes I even do bullets for that, you know? Um, also here's another tip too: linking my name, not mine, but you know, whoever you're pitching, linking the business name, linking the person's name and linking through to their websites or their social media. Make it so easy. Don't drop links in the email. Actually highlight their name and hit add link, like hyperlink their name. So it is. it doesn't take up extra room in the email. The person who's reading will see, oh, Whitney's name is highlighted. I know I can click on that. Okay. So that's also another tip. Um, you can say one to two sentences about, you know, your, the person you're pitching or you and why you're an expert. Make sure you're linking your name and your business name. Okay. Then the next step is here are three or four suggested topics that I thought would really speak to your audience. Bullet points. One, I'm going to make some stuff up. Maybe this is like me pitching myself to be on podcasts. One, the biggest misconception about PR. Two, um, that, you know, our eight step process for building up your own PR plan three, you know, I don't know. So you see what I mean? Like give actual examples of what your person or you can speak on. And honestly, if you can even write it like in the way that they would name the episode, even better, we're going to do a whole episode on how to name your podcast episodes because people suck at this. And it's a huge reason of why their podcast isn't very successful because they're the names of their podcasts are not attention grabbing. There's an art to writing subject lines for emails. And there's an art to writing, like selecting what the episode title should be. So anyway, that's a little bonus for you. 
give three or four topics. If you can write them like in a way that it would be the name of the podcast even better. Also, remember that you are asking them for a favor. So this is like addressing your tone. This is the next point. This is addressing the tone of the email. Remember, you are asking them for a favor. You aren't telling them. You aren't coming at them with like, are you kidding me? Like, of course you want me on my podcast. You are requesting a favor. I even teach my team this too when we're writing pitches for writers and editors. You have to remember they don't owe you crap, all right? They don't owe you anything. They don't have to feature you. They can delete this email and never respond. So come at them with kindness and come at them with a humble spirit of, I know you probably get a million pitches, but I thought this was really you know, exciting and your audience would really benefit from her knowledge of blah, 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 blah. You know, come at it with a humble favor tone, okay? So you send that, um, and then when you follow up, I I would say, gosh, there's really no right or wrong on this, but just my two cents, I'd probably wait seven days because it's a pitch, right? Unless it's like super, super timely, which you probably should not be pitching that way. Like for podcasts that some of these people book their episodes like three, six months out. So like if you're trying to get on their podcast next week or you're like freaking out, like the timeline's really short, you may have already like shot yourself in the foot by waiting too late to pitch. So uh, you cannot be in a rush on this. You've got to just wait. And I would say maybe follow up in a week, three, three to four, uh, not nothing faster than three to four business days. Okay. But I'd probably wait a week. Uh, and when you wait a week, a quick short follow-up reply to your original email to them and just say, Hey, so-and-so just wanted to check in to see if you got a chance to read about my, you know, about blah, blah, blah. Um, would, you know, absolutely appreciate your feedback or let me know if you're interested. Something super short. I'm talking like your follow-up needs to be one sentence, maybe two. So this is really the method that I have found to be most effective of getting people on podcasts. Now, again, there are some factors that go into it, like your, your social following and your personal brand. It really does help when you have a bigger following or you've got a good network, like it does help get you on podcasts. So I have one little bonus. Oh, I will say this really quick. One other pitch that I got one time that was super solid. Um, the person actually went to my podcast. Now you got to know if the person you're pitching, you know, uh, so they went to my podcast and they wrote a review for my podcast. They gave me a five-star review and they wrote something really nice of like, this podcast is so insightful, blah, blah, blah. She screenshotted it and she actually attached it to the email and was like, I enjoyed your podcast so much. I took a second and I wrote you a five-star review. I attached it just so you can, you know, know it was me. And I thought that was really cool. And I was like, wow, thank you so much. So not only A, did I know she had listened to the episode, but B, she went and wrote me a review. And then mentally, I was like, oh man, she wrote me a review. Like she's done something nice for me first. Even if I say no to this, that review will stay, right? She did something nice for me first, not knowing if she was going to get anything in return. And so naturally I wanted to help her because I was like, wow, that was really nice of her. And obviously she has listened to my podcast. She's being sincere. So 
in my head, it like clicked on a switch of like, I, I am more inclined to help this person because they have given to me first without asking, without confirming that they're getting anything in return. Okay. Last thing before we head out, I want to tell you a little bonus. Okay. When you are getting prepared to go on a bunch of podcasts, I want you to think about the end of the episode. What are you going to offer these people? You need to have some sort of plan, right? So before you start going on all these podcasts, same thing when we were talking about timing, you want to be strategic of, I know these people are listening and here's a freebie or something that I can give to those people. Because the whole point of this is not just to get exposure to their audience, that's great, but it's to rope some of that audience in and get them to come follow you or join your email list or blah, blah, blah. But most of the time, if you're just like, hey, thanks for having me on your podcast. Hey, everybody go join my email list. No, come on. It doesn't work that way. They're not just going to hand over their email address. You've got to give them something again. It goes back to like the chick writing my review, you know, like you have got to give them something without, you know, expecting anything or or guaranteeing anything in return. So, um, your, your call to action should not just be go follow me on Instagram. Ugh, that just tells me you're not prepared. Okay. You're missing an opportunity. So take some time before you start going on podcasts build out a freebie that speaks to your audience or a lead magnet or whatever. So at the end of the podcast, you can say, Hey, everyone here listening gets a free chapter of my book. If you go to WhitneyLee.com, that's not even a real website, but you know what I mean? You give them something, get their email, you know, and you can always say, follow me on social, blah, blah, blah. But if you really want to connect with them and get them into your email list or your text campaign, You've got to ask at the end of the podcast and beyond the freebie, of course, when they get the freebie, maybe you have a strategic funnel set up to drip out emails to them after that. Maybe it's expanding on the things that you talked about on the podcast, you know, so that they're consistently, because obviously they resonated. If they go and they drop in their email, they obviously resonated with what you said on the podcast, right? So then you can drip out those emails maybe once a week or whatever, that continues to share more message or going further on uh, what you talked about on the podcast. So that's just a little bonus for you is don't miss the opportunity at the end to bring them into your text, email, you know, social, all of that. Put together a freebie, be prepared. So I would love your feedback on this episode. If you've had luck getting on podcasts, I would love to know if you've got a strategy that I didn't mention. Um, again, I, every the way everybody writes pitches is totally different. So it's not right, wrong, whatever. Um, this is just what I see works for us and our clients and has worked for me in the past. So I'm all ears and I love, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Okay. Obviously, I'm from Mississippi with these country ass sayings. So... I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope some of these strategies help you get you or your client on podcasts. Would love to hear your feedback. Hit me up on Instagram. It's the Whitney Lee. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Those are really my main two platforms. So thanks for listening and we will see you next time. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please take a moment to screenshot this episode and share it to social media using hashtag TrueStoryPR or better yet, write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. See you next time for another true story.